Hey everybody, it's Pastor Tom and welcome to another Cornerstone Alive podcast. We are talking with our friends Jeff and Ning Mix, and we're very excited about our conversation. Today, we're going to be talking about what a covenant is between two people, and in addition to vows that are made relative to that covenant. And this is all really a discussion centering around relationships and how relationships should work. How God designed for two people of the opposite sex to function in a healthy, strong, biblical relationship. So hopefully you caught the other podcasts in this series. This has been really good, hasn't it, Tammy? It has. It has. Is that all you have to say? (laughs) Right now. Right now. And we're excited to continue this discussion. Well, let's just pray for a moment here. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to do these wonderful discussions with our friends and with each other. And Lord, we just thank you that you are guiding this discussion and leading us so that we can really help folks who either don't know what a relationship should look like or who are struggling in a relationship or maybe even folks who are not in a relationship yet but they're concerned about what that should look like. And we pray that we can be a help to them, Lord. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So where do you all want to start? Just kick it off here. I'll kick it off. I I think about what's common to man, you know, in just reaching out to relate to our fellow man. I think we're short-sighted if we don't think in terms of having a creator. You know, we didn't just happen by chance. We just didn't come out of a rock. You know, we were created. Therefore... Mm -hmm. There is a relationship right from from the day of conception with our creator. So there's an interaction that comes into play just by uh, life coming into play. So if we can at least come to some common ground in, in relating to the fact that we have a creator, or let's say a master designer, and some people use the phrase like a higher power, what's his perspective on this relationship thing? And that that's a beautiful thing to comprehend if we think about the triune God and the relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But how about his creation, you and I? And and how does that relate for us to him and for us to each other? And how about with that person that we commit to in a covenant relationship? And and even just prior to that kind of transaction, just to your fellow man, just within the context of your family, there are some expectations, I'm sure, that the designer has on ways for relationships to unfold in a proper, organized, healthy manner. So that's why we're here, and that's why we're having this discussion. Um, Let's go back to the designer's point of view and to consider what he has in store for those that he's created in reaching out to each other and enjoying a healthy relationship from his perspective. And there's much more to be said about that, but that's kind of, in my mind, a starting point. And we can go deeper on that and uh, really kind of uh, investigate that thoroughly. Yeah, and just thinking about the fact that we base all our relationships on the fact that we have a creator, we are created beings and he created us to be able to enjoy relationships to enjoy fellowship both with him and with each other i was just joking with jeff earlier that oh we're gonna have to start with the rainbow now for jeff and i the rainbow is a very special symbol because um the very first time that we met in person there was this 
big, beautiful, full arch rainbow. And it was what I call a double rainbow. You had the main arc. It was really, really luminescent. You know, like all the colors were very intense. And then it had like a little bit of a secondary echo. That's what I call like a double rainbow. So that was kind of like wow you know like lord are you trying to tell me something like my thought and then um i'm going to jump in because this <laughs> this is r- relative to our relationship and one one of the things that attracted me to ning was what i would view to be in my estimation her childlike enthusiasm and i, and I don't mean that in, in a derogatory sense right, but right. she's fresh she's vibrant we we're first right. hour or two we'd seen each other quite literally we're walking along in a marina area because i like the water and ning does too and it's just a nice environment and it was sprinkly in this, that, and the other thing. And I'm listening to her and I'm thinking and talking and all of a sudden she grabs my arm. She goes, oh, oh. <laughs> and I kind of like jumped out of my skin. What? What? You know? <laughs> the rainbow. Yeah. You know? So, oh yeah, the rainbow. And so we were yeah. captivated by right. that at that moment. And <laughs> she has more to say about the rainbows. <laughs> so just this past few days, actually within the span of less than a week, we had three different rainbow sightings. And one of it was when we were on the way driving back from the recording of a different podcast session that we had done. And so I was like, wow, you know, like it's, it's almost like an affirmation. Um, the other time prior to this that we had seen a double rainbow was when he and I were back in California attending my daughter's wedding. So it's just, it was almost like a special sign given to us by God. And, uh, like affirming us, affirming our relationship and the fact that kind of God was reminding Mm. me, him, us, that he was the one who brought us together and he was the one who brought us into our covenant relationship. And the true symbolism of the rainbow for us is that, remember after the flood and then God talked to Noah and he gave that promise like the sign and he said the rainbow in the sky will be a reminder of my promise and my covenant with you it was like Mm -hmm. a contract between god and humanity or mankind after the great flood and so i choose to look at that rainbow in that way you know that it is reminding us of god's promises but it's also reminding us of this contractual obligation that jeff and i have to each other because it is like our relationship isn't just, oh, you know, we want to be together. Okay, fine. But it's really a covenant. Like it goes beyond just an ordinary commitment or wanting to spend time with each other. It is such a depth of commitment that even when we can't stand each other, <laughs> we still have to have each other's backs. We still have to honor each other, respect each other, even when we feel like killing each other. Sometimes, so you have but. those days. Mm. Yeah. We have those days too. <laughs> but, uh, imagine that. But yeah, imagine that. Here we go. And, and almost miraculous, so. But you know, Ning and I, from our backgrounds, so my 35 year previous marriage and Ning's 31 year marriage, it's like God has almost given us a clean slate to start over, if you will, and the things that we've learned over that time frame. And uh, now we can apply it. And so we didn't have any friction of anything to speak of, really, for 
couple of years. Mm-hmm. So we're four years into this at this point. So now we're getting to normalcy, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> but I want that the rainbow. You know, here we go. We're back to the design, the master designer. He designed the rainbow, right. you know, through his physical creation. And then he uses that as an emblem of his covenant relationship with us and his expectations for us. So mm-hmm. you follow that healthy pattern and you'll have a good outcome. God is always good. Right. There will be folks who listen to this that really don't know what a covenant is. Mm-hmm. And we're all Christians and we've all heard the word covenant for years and we understand what that means, especially in relationship to a marriage or in relationship uh from God to us, what his covenant is to us, but just for purposes of folks that may not know, because we have a lot of new believers in our church, a lot of folks that weren't raised, so to speak, in the church, like we were, and I, I I assume you both were to a degree. No, kind of. Okay, Jeff's saying kind of. So from a, from the age of 10, I've heard that word. And then I studied that word as a teenager and a you know, young adult man. Um, what does covenant mean? I mean, what does that word mean to you? And why is it important in a relationship or a marriage or, you know, dating or anything? Good question. Um it's it's very intriguing to me it's it's mystifying it's appealing it's attractive it's intriguing provocative all these words that excite or stimulate some sense of reaction um, covenant i mean we can delve into that biblically and i'm sure tom you'll have some good things to say about that but i you know the beauty of it to me it's a relationship that's built and based on a promise a promise i mean we got to think about that what does that speak of? Truth, integrity, commitment, um, steadfastness, um, unwavering. When the going gets tough, that doesn't mean that that covenant doesn't exist anymore. It, See, it's a promise. Right. That's what I was thinking when you were all saying you're four years. So you've been married for four years. Is that yeah. what you? So you're you're t- four years into this, and after a few years, you're just now beginning to you know, things can get frustrating or rocky or whatever. Uh, I hate to say rocky, but you know what I mean. Um, You get agitated or whatever with someone. I think in our modern throwaway society, Mm -hmm. if you're my spouse or my uh, girlfriend and you tick me off, fine, I'll just go find another one that won't do that. Well, good luck, (laughs) you know, because everybody is going to irritate somebody at some time. It's, It's just an inevitable thing. That really kind of resonates with me when you say when the going gets tough, because that's where in the modern world, People just throw that, well, this covenant, this agreement, this contract that I'm making with you to be in relationship with you, I can just throw that away and get another one with somebody else. Then there's no value to that at all. And God's covenants are not like that. They are very binding and they're forever and always and they're through everything, not just, you know, when you're good, he says, no, I'm in covenant with you and you come back to the 
to the base of this covenant and I'll forgive you and I'll re-up that thing, so to speak. So I'm, I just wanted to say that because I, I, think, I think what you're saying is good. I think the other thing with covenant, it's, it's two ways. Mm-hmm. A covenant is a promise and an agreement that is in both directions. It's not a one-way commitment. It's not a one-way street. So when, when something is worth fighting for, and I mean in a good sense, something, again, if, if you look at a binding contractual, we'll look at it from a more sterile business perspective, if you will, but something that's binding and contractual and you've staked an oath upon it, vows even, when we may get to that, to let that be the, the foundation from which you operate for the life of that contract, and God would say, till death do we part, you know? I mean, we have a period of operation that's inviolable. And from the one that is a covenant maker, a covenant recognizer, a covenant enforcer, um, in in the human sense, just looking across at my wife, you know, I promise mm-hmm. that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now, what does that mean biblically? I mean, God's made that commitment to us. He'll never leave us nor forsake mm-hmm. us. That's the operating parameters. That's the standard that we stand upon and operate from. And it's so beautiful. I mean, in my experience, when it, it got tough, <laughs> and we can all relate to that, but when the promise is what's upheld, even though, you know, when you're in pain and you're lashing out at each other and you're saying all kinds of things that, that you don't really mean because you don't agree with it, but as a pain reliever, you may say things to each other that you don't really mean because you are standing upon that promise because he's standing on the promises for us. I mean, mm-hmm. isn't that a beautiful thing? Think it about is. it, you know? It I mean, it doesn't get more beautiful than that. Well, in that modern sense of I will love you forever, I will I will be in covenant with you forever, but there's this little thing that happens, I think, in the in modern relationships, unless, mm-hmm. you know, unless this happens or this happens or unless I just get tired of you, you know, because you get older, or you get fatter, or you get this, or you get that, then I'm, I think I want something else, you know, so that's not covenant. That's a breaking oh, yeah. of covenant. Yeah, right. That's a disregarding of mm-hmm. it. I think too many people nowadays get into a relationship kind of like one foot in the door, one foot outside, meaning... Right. They don't really have that mindset anymore that this is for keeps. It's try and buy. It's a try and buy. We'll see how it goes. And if not, you know, I'm going to go do something else or meet somebody new or, yeah. And how can any relationship make it if it's not a hundred percent on? I hear people say marriage is 50 50, your relationship is 50 50. No, it's not. It's a hundred, a hundred. You have to be 100% in because there's going to be days I don't have 100%, but Tammy does or she doesn't and I do. Well, that's what covenant relationship is all about, that we may not have enough today, but that person does and that's where they fill the gap. And that modern relationship perspective doesn't do that because I don't want to be inconvenienced. I don't want to this. I don't want to that. And I'm not going to do it. So I think that's what people think, you know. What do you, do you have anything that the word says about this that you feel is particularly uh, a scripture or something that you want to share? Something that comes to my mind in terms of uh, God's covenant with his 
chosen people in the Old Testament and, and Israel. And I'm not fully versed on this, but the, the word picture that comes to mind is that uh, literally an animal would be sacrificed and cut in half. And the parties involved in that transaction of that covenant between God and his people, they would pass between the carcasses, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so that whole picture of the level of commitment that's required there, I mean, there is a shedding of blood. There is uh, the loss of life or the is God, God, Jesus said, I came to give you life and that more abundantly. And so in the sacrifice of the, or the shedding of blood, there is remission of sin. But that imagery of the cost associated with making a commitment till death do we part. And I've even heard it spoken of or taught that those that entered in that transaction would say, so be it done unto me, like the death of this, you know, this carcass that's cut in two, so be it done to me if I violate the terms of this covenant. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty dramatic and stark. Um, thank God we have a merciful and long-suffering and uh, patient God, but I like what you say a lot, Tom, as you're preaching, you know, this is serious business. Mm-hmm. We must take it seriously. Right, we do. All of it, because you know, God takes it seriously um, when we enter in to a relationship with a uh, another person, especially. And, and I've said this with folks that I've talked to who are not married. When they enter into that sexual relationship, there is a covenant being made. The Bible says when two come together, uh, the two become one flesh. So, you know, <clears throat> partaking in a sexual relationship with somebody, and I know that's not what you were talking about, but partaking in a sexual relationship with someone causes you to become one with that person. And that's what a covenant is. It, It's like that old blood brothers thing mm-hmm. that some kind never did it, but some kids would do, you know, that you make, you cut each other and you mix your blood. No, now we're blood brothers, you know, um, not that that would, you know, really do anything except, you know, <laughs> make some sort of a contamination, I think. But um, it's the idea that when that covenant is made between two people. God takes it seriously. And we can't, it's like with everything else in our society, we've thrown off everything that God says, and we've remade it ourselves. Well, guess what? Everything that we remake ourselves doesn't work outside of God's blessing. If God doesn't bless it, it will not work period. It might for a time, but then it's going to disintegrate. So everything that God did, you know, in the Garden of Eden, when God said to Adam and Eve, this whole garden is yours, but that tree in the middle, that's my tree. Stay away from it. The day that you eat of that tree, you will no longer be alive, but you'll be dead. Um, That was part of the covenant relationship. Guess what? They stepped outside the covenant relationship. But well, you say, well, how's that? The covenant was written. Part of the deal was, this is all yours, but this is mine. Stay away from it. Every other tree, every other plant, just one tree, one tree. I'd love to know how many billions of plant species there are in the world, and God just wanted one, and they couldn't deal with it. So what did they do? They stepped outside of the covenant, and they said, well, we can do this too. And God said, no, you can't do that. And so covenant is really pretty important to God because it bears life. It's life 
bearing, uh, oh, I'm, I'm devoid of the word I want to say here, but it's life bearing. Covenant is life bearing. So when you enter into covenant with another person, God takes that seriously. And, you know, we can't do our own thing. We just can't. We can't do our own thing outside of God. God, there's so much stuff that he wants to bring forth in our life. But if we go off without him, I, I see this all the time in, in the ministry that I do. People that have walked outside of God, their life literally is like a blanket that unravels if you've ever had one of those. It just, you pull on it and it just pulls and pulls and it just disintegrates. And I see people's lives like that. And it's for one reason, they've stepped out of the covenant with God. As soon as we say, God, I need you with everything I've got, then bam, the covenant's in force and everything he's got comes to play. And it's the same thing when that relationship between a man and a woman is done properly. It just makes, it's amazing. It's yeah, just amazing. And, and going back to what Jeff mentioned about, you know, like we have to start this off from the foundational viewpoint that we have a creator. And because God created us, he actually knows exactly how we're wired, what makes the most sense. Like we only see things from our perspective, but he knows not only what makes the best sense for us individually, but also for us in relation to other people and for us as a family unit. And so that's why he instituted, you know, the covenant relationship because it's for our protection, for our own good. It gives structure, it gives stability. Um, historically, all the great, you know, societies like the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire, and so on, they kind of came to power. And then at the point where they're about to fall, usually what preceded that was the destruction of the core family unit, right? Mm -hmm. So once you get out of the, as you said, you get out of God's way and you fall away from the, like the basic principles of honoring covenant relationship, not only does that impact individual people, it actually impacts a whole society and brings about the downfall. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Following on what you just said, Ning, I think, you know, with that concept of a creator, and he created the institution of holy matrimony in, in covenant relationships. I mean, the, these promises, these are, again, standards, but it's his domain. He's the ultimate authority. When we come into his domain under a marital relationship, then... There are rules and parameters that he is established and expects for healthy, vibrant, quality, satisfying, peaceful, you know, all those things that, that are reflect God's nature. God is good, always has been, always is, and always will be, and that's what he wants for his children. So in that context, um, you know, we have to think about the operating rules. And when I was separated from my wife 28 years into our marriage, to me, it's almost breathtaking to think in 28 years of marital relationship. And, you know, we get to that point of fracture where we're teetering on the edge of destruction. And so the scriptures came alive for me again, when it was like, go back to the basics. You know, you've read this for years, but have you really applied it? Have you really understood it? Have you really thought about it? Have you really considered the creator's design? And he says in Malachi chapter 2 verse 14, because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth, yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant. We can't escape the overview of a loving God, a just God, a caring God. And I'm thankful for that, that those parameters 
We either stay within those boundaries, or if we go outside of them, God will deal with us. He'll deal with us as he has to, as a loving, just father, one way or the other. It's good or discipline. So in Malachi, it goes on to say, you know, the Israelites said, well, how have we been, you know, violating a covenant? He says, because you've been treacherous. Do not be treacherous with a wife of your youth. Treachery, you know, dealing with ulterior motives or sideways motives or reactions to the wife of your covenant is a violation there. And in God, that does not escape his view in the responsibility we have toward reacting uh, appropriately. Yeah, I was also thinking, um, it's a little bit of a funny story. So right now where we've moved to, we don't have any pets uh, of our own, but a few uh, of the animals in the neighborhood have adopted us. (laughs) (laughs) So they're hanging around. So anyway, there was this cat who was kind of more or less a stray cat that kept coming around and of course um, our granddaughters you know are so thrilled with having the cat there and and stuff and then we noticed that her belly was getting bigger and bigger and we're thinking oh oh you know and true <laughs> enough uh, I think two nights ago she gave birth to four kittens so they're all very cute and all that but so now we have to take care of the mama cat so that she can take proper care of the kittens but that's it it's just the mama cat and the kittens. Like, there's no daddy cat. Obviously, there was a daddy cat at some point. <laughs> yeah, where's he? But he's <laughs> not there. He's know. not providing for the family and so on. And, you know, I just kind of like try to relate this um, to us. Why do we need to have a covenant in place? Because it is um, that stability for if the union will produce uh, children that the children can grow up in a good, stable home environment, Mm -hmm. ideally. So there's God's ideal design. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, the enemy has taken that and kind of corrupted Mm -hmm. it and tries to destroy it. But just even having a place of safety, of nurture, of mm-hmm. stability. And um, also, like, as as we've said, when, when a man and a woman come together in a, you know, physical, sexual intimacy, that is a union. Mm-hmm. And that affects women particularly on a very deep emotional, psychological level. I don't have the proper citation right now, but they did a, you know, like a mm-hmm. study on that. And it does impact us mm-hmm. very deeply. And to try to do that, like, multiple times Mm -hmm. it just somehow takes something from you as a woman but to have that security of being able to bring forth children and bring them up and raise them in a loving home environment Mm -hmm. that's really what god had wanted right and you need to have total commitment for that to come into place. And I think to illustrate the difference, I think in we watched a video that you all sent to us for this series, which I think we should play that video in the workshop that we do with this uh, coming down the line. But I thought it was, uh, I think it's interesting the differences in the way men and women think, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, or I'm not going to, I guess, Um but I, I've had discussions with people about this, honestly, that men are like, you know, I, I had sex with this girl and the woman's view might be, oh, oh um, this guy, you know, made love to me and he loves me. But in his frame of reference, no, I just had sex with her and she's in love totally different ways of thinking and and perceiving that one action that occurred there. And I think 
it's very important that we, um, you know, think and understand that things are different between people and that that covenant relationship is very, very important and that we don't let that, we don't let that go. God, God has a plan for that and we have to do it his way. I think a lot of times, you know, you talk about the, the mama kitten. I mean, she totally provides for those kittens um, and the male cat, you know, where's he? He's gone. Where's that lying, cheating male cat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think they're called tomcats too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I've ne- I was never one of those, let me tell you. Um, but I, I think it's interesting that in our society, it the, the whole society has said, well, you don't need a man. You can do this on your own. But God says, no. I've designed this a specific way and it needs to be done that way. You know what I mean? So I think that's important that we, we realize that people still want to do it their own way. And, when, and look at our nation today filled with um, single parent homes and with struggles. So there's a lot of struggles if and if there was, you know, uh, a two-parent home, mm-hmm. I think based on covenant, I know there's a lot of two-parent homes that are struggling, um, but if they're based on covenant and the word of God, it'll be easier to do that. Which kind of brings us to the idea of what is the basis for the relationship? Because covenant is more than just staying together, right? Mm-hmm. Like covenant is really having that being anchored on deep commitment to each other, not just kind of like, oh, yeah, we have to stick it out because we have children. That's not really true covenant, but it's based on not just empty promises, but on vows, Mm -hmm. you know, like something that you have made that you are going to honor no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter the changes, wow. the challenges, no matter what, you're going to really, keep this vow. That That is a tough statement for people, at least in this country, because, well, but I can't do that because I'm just tired of, of him or her or whatever. And I don't want anything to do with that person anymore. And they never think about me and da, 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 da. I mean, I mean, obviously, we're not going to try to counsel people right now with, with this, but it's the idea that. Um, how do people get to that? And I know Jeff has dealt with that. And you've talked about, you know, you were in your marriage for 31 years. You stayed in that marriage. It sounds like maybe there was some difficult times. Oh, yes. how, did you, how did you do that? How did you continue to honor that vow, even though what was your, was your um, deceased husband? Was he uh, difficult? There were things back then that I thought he was being difficult. Now, looking back, I realize it was just my perception, not to say that he was perfect, but neither was I. Mm-hmm. And the, the sad thing is, at that time, all I was looking at was what he was doing wrong. And I was not looking as much at what I was, you know, like mm-hmm. that I was part of the problem. Or mm-hmm. I'd think, well, yeah, I know I'm not this or I'm doing this, but his is worse, you know, right. like he's all this and that. Did so you have times? Sad. Did you have times where you felt like I can't stay in this relationship? Yes, I did, and unfortunately, both of us did. Um, 
my and I guess we'll be going into that in more detail right. in a future podcast right. but um I actually am the negative example I did not do like I s- stayed in the marriage out on the surface or like uh, on the surface if people looked at us it looked like we stayed together but emotionally I had left the marriage mm-hmm. and there was a point in time when he had both in a sense emotionally and um sorry what's the word I'm looking Physically? for uh, uh, well, phys- we didn't separate in in that sense but he had an affair mm-hmm. so you know there was that breach of mm-hmm. our contractual or our covenant right. relationship va- with each the other vows. that's a breach of the vows that's a breach of the vows and the you know the vow the promise that we make to that other person in the marriage relationship and even people that are living together they they the, for all intents and purposes, they're married if they've had sex with one another because the Bible says to become one and they they haven't done the the ceremony or the ritual, but then you've even got people that step outside of that and that just doesn't make for good relationships, period. It just... You know, when you were talking about how looking back, you realize that some of the fault was yours mm-hmm. as well. We've seen in talking with people and with marriage counseling, um, there's always two sides to every story. Mm-hmm. And it's never that one person is, you know, all the bad guy or the bad gal or whatever, that um, it takes that equal commitment with each other. And there's always, you talk to one and you hear one thing, you talk to the other, you hear mm-hmm. a t- totally different story, different perception of it. Um, but the end result is, you know, it's two people and they're both hurting each other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know that we're going to fix anybody through this podcast unless they want to go forward and learn more. I think, I think people and relationships get fixed by a relationship with Jesus Christ, period. And you know, I've, I've thought about that. I used to feel like, Tom, it's not reasonable for you to think that people are, that are not of the same socioeconomic status as you are going to be able to take hold of Jesus and get this right. I totally disagree with that. That's a that's a thought from the pit of hell mm-hmm. because it it means nothing about how much money you've got or where you live or what you drive or what you look like or the color of your skin. It only has to do with your willingness to accept and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then you say, God, I need your help. That's really how you receive him. Jesus, I'm, I'm a mess. I need your help. Um, what would be your, um, I don't want to say, I don't mean this in a, in a derogatory way, but what would be your 10 cent advice for, for now as we, as people uh, will listen to these podcasts that we're doing, what would be your brief advice to people who are struggling today because they have a spouse or a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend that stepped out of the relationship. They thought that person, maybe they're engaged to somebody and they're like, I thought this person was for me and 
they've just totally ruined our relationship. I mean, what would you say to those people, anybody struggling with covenant or with the vows that they made with somebody and and now they're sit, sitting here in devastation, they're they're discouraged, they're frustrated, they're angry. They might be mad at God. God, how could you let this person do this? You know, what what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> Another good question. Uh, um I think it's so imperative that again, let's let's look at the domain, let's look at the territory, let's look at the design, a designer. Let's call him God. Let's call him the Triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So, I mean, we're advancing from just a abstract creator, which is that's one of the attributes of God. But you know, we can press deeper. So, Christians, believers, disciples, those that are committed, those that believe. I mean, that's one body, that is the body of Christ, that we, the church, it's imperative, it's incumbent upon us to teach this, to talk about it, to, to address the good, the bad, and the ugly. And that's your, your question kind of brings all that into play. So one thing I, I think is that in this world at large, the large, the world at large largely takes things rather casually. You know, that's what we do. And, you know, drive by, use by, try and buy or whatever your phrase was exactly. But, you know, we instant food, instant gratification, all these things. And if we don't get them, then we think we're the ultimate authority about the destiny of our happiness. So we can just toss it, trash it, move on to the next. So how dare we not address this and bring it up? And I just want to say from a standpoint of encouragement, if this is God's domain, he's the designer, he's also the fixer if we get out of line or he can reshape the pottery to mold us into his image through these trials and tribulations of marital strife. Um, he is in the business of resurrecting the dead. I think that's historically pretty accurate, pretty well seen that's, and known. That's good. Yeah. And, and, and so, I mean, if we can start there, why wouldn't we have hope? But we have to go to him. You know, Jesus says, come unto me, all you are heavily laden, and I will give you rest for your soul. We have to come to him. And in my case, I had to go back to the word. I had to go back to the basics. I had to cry out to God, show me, Lord, school me, teach me, bring me back to where I've strayed from and reestablish me on a solid foundation. A house that's built on the solid rock will withstand the storms of life. Right. So, you know, if our house is battered and torn down, well, that's not because, you know, God's design doesn't work. It means, you know, if I've shifted over to sand, put my eyes on the world and not kept my eyes fixed on him or, or my heart upon him. So I, I can testify. That's one thing, you know, that's all I can say. I'm, you know, don't do as I do, but I can testify to what God has done in my life and he has resurrected a dead marriage. You said something that just kind of hit me. You said he brings dead things back to life. He, he's a resurrector. He resurrects things. And it just went through my mind like that. And there might be people listening that they feel that they are the dead. So the dead can't hear, they can't see. So what, what happens is in the Bible, people brought Jesus to the dead person, right? And Jesus usually said, I don't know, I can't remember if he ever touched them, but I think he said to them, come forth or rise up or something like that. And they would get up. And I thought, well, what are we? We, Tammy and I, are bringing you all to people today that might be in that dead situation. And 
that's where it's going to be. So there might be people listening. They need to, to be the one to say, you need to listen to this podcast. You need to, you need to show up at Cornerstone. You need to go to a Bible study. I mean, or and it doesn't have to be here. It could be anywhere that people get this relationship with the resurrector. Mm-hmm. That's Jesus. And he's going to bring, I think, and you just said it, and this is really good. The thing that brought your marriage back was when you were resurrected Mm -hmm. and then you brought that to the marriage, Mm -hmm. to the relationship. I like to say relationship better than marriage because this might be some, there might be some people that are not in marriage. There maybe it's a, a dating or a engaged situation, or maybe they have any, they're, they've had a bad relationship and all went bad because it was all for the wrong reasons. They did everything wrong and now they're single and they're like, I don't know what to do. Well, you need to do what Jeff just said that he did. And that is he got in the word and he started reading God's word and coming to Jesus and saying, God, I need my heart to change. So anyway, I'm sorry. I I had to say that before we got off on that because I thought that was really, really good that people need to hear that, you know? So Ning, what, what about you? What is, what should people be thinking about? What is that fix that Jeff kind of said it, but you say it. Right. So it's kind of like just taking um, from what Jeff just said is like, hold on to that hope and know that that hope primarily has to be based in God Mm -hmm. and knowing that God is the one that can bring dry bones back to life. Mm -hmm. Right. And which kind of, for me, takes me back to the rainbow because I see the rainbow as a symbol of hope. So Mm -hmm. with God, nothing is impossible. Right. May be very difficult to see how anything can be brought back to life on a human level, but with God, nothing is impossible. We really have to be fixed first before we can expect that relationship to be fixed. It's true. Because what we want to do, I usually pray this way, God, please make her do what I want her to do. <laughs> deal deal with her, God, because I know she's not right. I can just feel it. You know? <laughs> and but, well, you know what God does? He's like, well, we need to work on you first, buddy. And we need to get you right first. Then we can work on her. I usually want him to start with her first because I know it's going to take a long time. Oh, Me. my. <laughs> but I'm, I think it's so good. What you said, Ning, because you really did close us out. It really is about this covenant with God first. Mm-hmm. When when you're looking at that rainbow, you're like, wow, that's God's promise to me, me. And, and my promise to him is, Lord, I will seek you out in my life. We sang this song this morning at church. I can't remember. It was that third song. What was that third? Touch of Heaven. Touch of Heaven. Mm -hmm. All the words to that song were so amazing. Give me some of the words. Kit, do you remember? Oh, you don't remember. You put me on the spot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There were good words. Touch of Heaven. Who sings it? What? Who is it? Is it? Oh, for goodness sakes. All right. Maybe we need to put the song list at the end of these podcasts. But God is so good in when we are seeking Him out. That enlivens his covenant, his agreement with us through Jesus Christ. It's kind of interesting. Today was um, Communion Sunday here at Cornerstone, which is the second Sunday of every month. So at the end of the service, when we were doing communion, it's all about covenant. 
communion is really all about covenant. Jesus said, remember me. This is my agreement with you, my body and my blood. And it's all good. It's so good, isn't it? What Any closing thoughts you want to say before we close out? Just as Jesus said, remember me, I would say for those in relationship, hey, remember your promises to each other or even mm-hmm. remember what made you enter into the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes. Go back to the beginnings, right. back right. to the basics. I like that because that was our first two or three podcasts. I think it's so good to go back to the beginning of anything in God's covenant or kingdom. I think a paraphrase on a scripture is to treat people the way you want to be treated. And that includes your spouse or your boyfriend, girlfriend, the person you're dating. Um, You treat them the way you would want to be treated. And that makes the whole thing totally different. Right. Look at it from their perspective. Absolutely. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Would would one of you like to pray us out today? Unless you've got anything else to say, we'll just pray out. Sure, we'll pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, again, uh, our hearts soar when we get into your word, Lord, when we stand in your presence. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to share from our hearts uh, your point of view uh, and to let your light shine into our lives, Father. We thank you for this church body. We thank you for this For our listeners, Father, we pray that there would be many ears uh, that would hear. As Jesus said, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear. And Lord, that's our prayer, that many would hear and and, uh, be turned back to you, Father, to seek you out, whether they know you and have strayed or whether they've never known you, Lord. Just draw them unto yourself, Father, so they can know the peace and the joy that is everlasting through Jesus Christ, his Lord and Savior. In his precious name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. And we can't wait to see you the next time we podcast. See ya.